This podcast is called Obsessed. Joseph Scrimshaw and his guest get some secrets off their chest. You should listen. It's the best. Hello and welcome to Obsessed with me, Joseph Scrimshaw. I'm sitting in my home with a great guest. She is a returning guest. She has been on many live episodes of Obsessed, but never just one-on-one here in my apartment recording studio. She is a writer, a podcaster, a smart science person, and many other nouns. It's Rebecca Watson. Hi. Hi. I'm so excited. Is this really my first non-live one? It really is. Because I remember um, being in your apartment before, I think. Yes, we, we recorded didn't... a. Uh, you were helping me record some videos that I That's... never put out. <laughs> <laughs> no, I put one of them out. I remember it being great. Yeah. Oh. It was. You know, some people were like, "You should do some YouTube stuff," and I was like, "I should. I don't want to learn all the camera stuff, so I'll get some people to try to help me." Right. And then I did, and then I was like, "This is gonna be a tremendous amount of work." Yeah, and and then you gave up. Yeah. <laughs> well, I would like to think that I gave more of my time to other things by giving up that's on a, that. That's a really healthy way to <laughs> think of things, and I'm going to start incorporating that language into my yes. own yeah viewpoint of my failures. I shifted my energies. I yeah. didn't fail. Uh, you had a conscious uncoupling with that idea. <laughs> I really did, and I, I think it was the right decision. Yeah, it for was both fun. of you. Yes, yeah. and you took a photo of me that I love, so that's actually like the yeah. best part of that. With was that with your martini? Yeah, my martini on the balcony. <laughs> yeah, on the and balcony. I was wearing a suit, which yeah. made it look like this is just what I do day to day in right. my small home. <laughs> you look very classy. Oh, thank you. Yeah, thank you. Mm-hmm. Um, and I wanted to ask you mm-hmm. about how you describe yourself. I have been coming up with different ways to describe my guests and then checking in with them of how they think of themselves. Yeah. I I switch it around every couple of months. <laughs> I'm like, I'm a writer. I'm a performer. For a time, I was an activist. <laughs> oh, really? Well, you, yeah. you kind of always are, right? I, I mean, activate. that's in your DNA. Yeah, yeah. I do all of these things. It's just which thing do I think of myself as now and yeah it, it's constantly changing i thought that like approaching 40 i would maybe have a more solid view of myself <laughs> um let's w- ask a panelist of 40 year olds no no <laughs> no my um my high school latin teacher uh described me as mercurial in a good way <laughs> <laughs> I love any description that ends with in, in a, a good, good way. way. Yeah. Yeah. And I've thought of that often over the years and I think it still holds true. I talked to a ton of people on this podcast and few of them are like, "Yes, I've figured out my thing and this is it." And right. so many people are like, "I have lots of different skills and lots of different interests." And many of us are like, "That's shiny." Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I feel I feel like there's a whole group of us who are uh, probably is there a um an ADHD spectrum because I feel like we're undiagnosed on the spectrum. <laughs> <laughs> I think it's entirely possible. You know, it's not. I don't have any crippling, you know, uh, ADD thing. But I do. I was talking about this with Glenn Fleischman, who's a, like I was. I was just about to. How do I describe Glenn? He's a <laughs> a writer and um. Uh, someone who's interested in tiny type um <laughs> he, like printing methods a very tight he makes little print museums it 
That is nice and specific. Yeah, he's great. And he visited San Francisco. He lives in the Pacific Northwest and was down visiting for work. And we met for the first time and we start talking. And he says, do you think you have ADHD? (laughs) And I said, I have never considered that before. And he said, well... Um, tell me this, were you uh, in a gifted class as a child? And I said, yes. <laughs> in a good way. In a good way. <laughs> and, um, you know, everything he asked me, I answered yes to. And he said, yeah, I, I have a lot of friends like you, and I, I think you all have ADHD. <laughs> <laughs> okay. it's <laughs> a large blanket diagnosis, but fair enough. Yeah, but he said it with such confidence that now <laughs> I think it whenever I talk to other friends who, like me, do a hundred different things yeah you know yeah. And, and are constantly like trying new things and getting bored with other things and dropping them you know yeah so i yeah like again i don't want to be insulting to anyone who has crippling adhd right. and you know um like those people who are like oh i'm so ocd because you know i like a picture frame to right. be straight i check my lock before i leave the house right like, yeah it's no. like no you don't have ocd <laughs> shut up um but yeah, I I do think I do think that a lot of us have like certain um s- certain aspects of ADHD that that make us bounce around. And but I think we live in really good a good time for that. For bouncing around, yeah. Yeah, because people like us back in the 50s would have just been stuck in a miserable desk job, yeah. you know, and and always feeling unfulfilled and bored. Yeah. But We've managed to carve out this special niche, and it's I live a really good life. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And your main thing still, and consistently for a long time, has been some version of skeptic, right? Yeah, although even that, you know, skeptic is how I I got started on the road to being someone who does a thousand different things. (laughs) Because I used to be a a copywriter, an ad copywriter, and um, I, I... I started Skeptic in my off time, but then uh, that grew in popularity. And then I started doing talks and getting flown around. And I eventually ran out of vacation time. So I quit. <laughs> nice. <laughs> and, um, and that ended up working out really well for me. But e- even Skeptic, you know, fell by the wayside the, in the last couple of years, uh, which was also due to my own depression. But uh, man, you know, keeping that running was very difficult for me. And I basically had to, it was like in a time of famine when you just have to figure out what's important and just focus on staying alive. Yeah. Uh, that was what depression did to me. Okay. Where I had to sit down and, and think, okay, what do I want to do? What am I capable of doing that's going to pay the rent, you know? And so, I basically shut down all unnecessary resources on the spaceship, <laughs> and, um, but I kept doing YouTube okay. uh, because of my Patreon. Yeah. Uh, so through Patreon, because uh, YouTube itself got really depressing, and there was a time when I stopped doing that because yeah. they took away ad money. You know, the ad money was terrible. Anytime a video went viral, they claimed that there was suspicious click activity and they took away all of the money from it. Oh my God. And uh, and then like the comments, the comments, Joseph, yeah. um, the death threats, the rape threats, the, you know, nitpicking my appearance. I just gave up YouTube. But then when Patreon came out, it was like, oh, people were constantly asking like, when are you going to do YouTube videos again? 
And then finally, I'm like, oh, you want me to do YouTube videos? Show me. (laughs) (laughs) Show me the money. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Like, not to be too crass, but yeah, like, bitch, pay me. (laughs) And I was shocked to find that people actually did put their money where their mouths were. And it's such a wholesome community. And I can make YouTube videos and never look at YouTube comments. I don't care how many likes or dislikes. I don't really care how many views my YouTube videos get because I have these awesome patrons that no matter what are there for me every month. And that's a thing that I can focus on doing where it's like, no matter what, no matter how depressed I am, no matter how much I'm traveling, whatever, I will at least make two videos this week. Yeah. And next week and the week after, you know. That's a ton. Yeah. Because you like, these are not like, hey guys, here's some random thoughts on (laughs) whatever. These are researched like, I'm always impressed that you ha- have a script with your videos. Yeah. And then the, you actually say the things that are in the script. <laughs> like, what's that about on YouTube? Yeah, I I didn't always, you know, way back at the beginning, pre-Patreon and stuff, I would just sit down and speak to the camera without a script. And then people, a lot of people were like, um, you know, I'm hearing impaired or I hate watching videos (laughs) can you please provide a transcript and i was like okay and then i would go back and like type them out i'm like oh this is boring i hate this and then i got volunteers to do it uh which was very sweet of them but then like if i'm not paying someone i i can't make i can't crack a whip i can't be like oh where's that transcript you know (laughs) like uh so i realized oh a good solution is to just write out my thoughts beforehand (laughs) and then try to stick to it um, and the thing is, like, I'm not good with video editing. I find video editing pretty boring and and cringy because I look at my stupid face. Oh yeah, no, that and is listen really to my stupid staring into the abyss and the abyss stares back of oh. one's own face. I actually can only do it. I I, I edit myself at one and a half speed. <laughs> 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 so there are very few edits. So <laughs> I I just. I don't know. I just do my best <laughs> to like stick to the script yeah. without reading it on camera, you know, but it's it, I've gotten to the take where, to the point where I'm pretty good at like doing things in one take. Yeah. <laughs> you know, <laughs> like I, I do those those cinematic long shots that people go nuts over, you know, <laughs> now you just need to do it. Have like a tracking shot. Where right. You walk through walking to uh, the Copacabana <laughs> <laughs> yeah, while I'm delivering my script. Yeah. Let's talk about science. <laughs> uh, well, let's get into your obsession. Yeah, uh, I, think I could be wrong. We'll find out. This is something that gives you joy. Uh, yeah. Amongst really all the does. things you you do. Uh, you've given me lots of lists of obsessions for live shows because for live shows I'm usually looking for something that's a little bit more uh, kind of uh, applies to lots of different people so a lot of people have a way Relatable. In. Yeah, relatable. That's yeah. the word I'm looking for. Yeah. Uh, I think this one might be relatable too but I'm excited to talk about it. Your obsession we'll is surfing. Yes. Yeah. So you are an active surfer <laughs> right now. I mean, not literally. <laughs> we're not recording this while we're surfing. I'm a really good audio engineer. <laughs> right. You don't hear any ocean. Um, it's weird for me. Like, it, I am obsessed with it, and I am a quote-unquote surfer, but I'm a I'm what's known in the surfing world as a giant kook. So <laughs> <laughs> what does that mean? Um, a kook is a moron <laughs> who uh, is in bad at way. surfing <laughs> in a good way sometimes um who's who's bad at surfing who but also like 
if you see someone walking around the um, Ralphs wearing a uh, a wetsuit, yeah, that's a kook. (laughs) Is that because you're like, I want the people of Ralphs to see that I'm a surfer? Yes. Okay. Like, I'm going to get real yeasty here (laughs) just so I can show off that I'm a surfer (laughs) instead of just changing into your wetsuit right before you go in. I want to make squelching noises while picking (laughs) up my frozen pizza. Right. Or if you've ever been on the highway and you see a convertible with a 10-foot board sticking out the back, that's a kook. (laughs) If you see a a surfboard on a car with the leash dangling behind, dragging on the ground behind them, kook. Okay. Are you trying to be a kook on purpose? Are you trying to say, like, No, it comes very naturally (laughs) to me. Um, Yeah, yeah. So it it applies in a lot of ways. But I – so I – did not take up surfing until a couple of years ago um, when I moved to San Francisco. Okay. And that is another, like, immediate kook move. Like, <laughs> like a surfer has been surfing since they could walk. Okay, so with, with the modern surfing community, there is a little bit of this authenticity game with yeah. it. Yeah, like, oh, surfers I, I are... I feel that way about many things, and this is my bias from my life experiences, but things like skateboarding or, like, yeah. a certain kind of music you are supposed to have come into at a young age, so it's authentic. Well, and there's there's there, there's another aspect of it too. One is that it's this um yeah, you're not a real surfer. You just picked it up. Um but then also there is the actual physicality of like I will never be a good surfer because right. I didn't pick it up until my mid 30s. Okay, because your thighs have not been training since yeah. you were 8 years old. I have back problems. <laughs> My arms are all noodly. <laughs> like, there's really only so much. <laughs> it's it's kind of like playing video games. Like I, you know, I we've talked about this in a past episode. Yeah. I'm also obsessed with uh, video games, and I play a first person shooter. Um, as a 39 year old person, I will never be good at that game. Yeah, <laughs> like I, you know, and there's always trash talking where guys are like oh, look how high of a level you are, like how long you've been playing and you're only in plat, you know? Yeah. And it's like, well, yeah, that's as that's as good as it's getting. Yes, we've not been trained yeah. since like birth right. to have that exact hand-eye coordination between, you know, micro exactly. centimeters of thumb movement. <laughs> right. I can't just click heads, okay, <laughs> the way you can as a 12-year-old. And it's the same with surfing. Okay. Yeah. Like if you grow up surfing, you're going to be a good surfer and you you'll probably be able to continue improving throughout your life. I am going to keep being a kook okay. for the rest of my life. So how did you get into it? Obviously, you, you moved to an ocean, which I think <laughs> right. is that helps. helpful. Mm-hmm. But what what happened that you said, I'm going to buy a wetsuit and a board and throw myself <laughs> into the ocean? Here's what happened. I um, got bored at a conference in Australia. <laughs> this is a true story. I was at a, a skeptics conference in Sydney, and the organizers um, had treated me like shit. And uh, I was very annoyed. I was there on behalf of the podcast I used to be on. And we uh, they told me I had to go to this fundraising dinner, and my boyfriend at the time was not invited. And he just had to go get dinner somewhere in Sydney. Uh, all right. And I said that I'm not doing it. Yeah. And then the rest of the guys on my podcast said, you have to do it. And I was just really annoyed by it. 
So on this one day, first in the we were on stage uh, in the morning, like around 10 to 11 or so. And then that dinner was going to be that evening at six. So at 11, I get off stage and I'm angry because of this whole ordeal. And I just decide spur of the moment to get an Uber, go to Bondi Beach and take a surf lesson. <laughs> But what is that? Is this like you're driving and you see the surfing sign? You're like, yeah, that's what I need. Yeah, I don't know. It was just like, what fun thing can I go do for an hour or two to blow off steam? Right. And something that is totally disconnected from technology or other humans or being inside. Yeah. I'm going to go have an experience. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) You know? Um, And I... I sign up for this lesson. We immediately get in the water. It's like this group lesson. And um, we, the, the instructor, instructors explain, you know, how to get up on the board and stuff while we're on the beach. And, you know, they go through all this. And then we get in the water. And um, basically, like, you paddle up to the instructor. As a wave is coming, he'll, like, kind of push you into the wave. And okay. then you do what they told you, like, to get up on the board. And I'm like the first one and uh, the wave, my first wave, he pushes me into the wave and I do exactly what he told me to do. And I stand up on the board and it was really fun. It was like, I was like, holy shit, this is really cool. So it like, it worked. You, you surfed. Yeah. You didn't crash. Well, that's the thing. I'm like, that can't have been it. I must've done something wrong. (laughs) (laughs) So I paddled back out and I was like, was that it? And he was like. You just stood up on your first wave. <laughs> and I'm like, I'm a surfer. <laughs> like he's like, yeah, I have some people who like go through this whole three hour lesson and never get up on a wave. And there were some people in our group that were just like, How did you do that? And I'm like, I don't know. This is this is my talent. And i I'm only discovering it at the age of 35. <laughs> this is what I should have been doing my entire life. Right. I could have been a contender. Uh but and then like I, I knew what to do then I was like oh so that was it and so then I stood up on every wave after that and I learned to turn and uh and I I just hardcore surfed for literally like three hours and um I I get out of the water and I hop back in an uber and I'm literally like changing out of a wet bathing suit in the back of an uber and because you didn't have any wetsuit or anything at that no time. no it's because the water is warm there oh so, right right yeah um and uh, I ended up having to run into back to that fundraising dinner with my hair like soaking wet, like <laughs> dripping on the people next to me. <laughs> and everybody's like, "Where have you been?" I'm like, "Don't worry about it." So you didn't, I'm a you didn't tell now. them. <laughs> oh yeah, I had to because the next morning, um, I remember the conference was in a uh, this big building, uh, the conference building, you know, like convention center sort of thing, and there were these giant like Rocky-esque stairs to lead up to the door (laughs) and every muscle in my body (laughs) was screaming in pain. Oh, I bet. After three hours of surfing. I looked like a a little elderly lady just like (laughs) just just trembling as I climbed the stairs and I remember looking up and there were like these big windows and I see like my other podcast hosts are looking out the window at me laughing because it 
took me so long to get to the top. Was of the your stairs. hair still all, all wet and full of sand? <laughs> no, no, I, I had eventually okay. uh, tried that. So I was picturing you slowly walking up the stairs with the wet hair like the girl from The Ring. Right, that is my normal look. But <laughs> so for people who can't or won't or don't want to, who who won't surf, uh, what does it feel like when you? I don't. I, I catch the wave. I feel like a poser yeah, even using that yeah, phrase. Yeah, no, that's right. What does that feel like when you are in that actual moment? I mean, it was exhilarating. It was like you've, <laughs> it was like being one with nature and also conquering it somehow. Yeah. And I'm kind of like, I'm exaggerating a little bit, but um, yeah, it just, it, it was exciting and fun and it just feels like you're floating, you know? Yeah. And the the thing is, though, um, and what I realized, like that, so Bondi Beach itself was was packed, you know? I think it always is. And, like, there were just people everywhere. Like, I, I almost strangled a child with my leash uh, <laughs> accidentally. Like, what is, literally what is wrapped your around. leash? Oh, the leash is, um, it goes from the surfboard to your, uh, your ankle. It oh. wraps around your ankle okay. so that if you lose your board, it doesn't drift off into the ocean got it okay some people not everybody wears leashes this is another kook thing okay um kooks sometimes don't wear their leashes uh and also like the frat boy locals only surfers go without leashes sometimes okay. just to is it a kind of like seatbelt thing of like it's cool yes. to not have a leash man yeah like okay. i'm not gonna lose my board like, oh, okay you know that sort of thing also though um pe- big wave surfers don't necessarily wear leashes because uh it can become an impediment when you know a 40 foot wave is okay. falling on you <laughs> you know um but yeah, uh, so my leash wrapped around a child's neck. So Bondi Beach was was <laughs> packed. Um, and then when I got back, I had just moved to San Francisco like a month prior. And so when I got back, I was like, oh, I could I could surf again <laughs> here. Um, and so I but I didn't know where to go. And so I decided to pay for another lesson, but make it like a one on one lesson. Oh, OK. And that way I feel like, oh, I'll, I'll improve a little bit more. And I'll get all the info about like where to go, what to do, yeah. what to look for. What I don't do I know. Need? How do I read a surf report? Like, right. What is a cool color to have for your leash? Right. Mine's uh, aquamarine. Um, <laughs> and so, yeah, this guy took me to uh, this this beach. Um, I, I want. I can't tell you where because that's like surfer rule. You don't Got tell it. people where the waves are. No, it doesn't really matter. It's Half Moon Bay. Um, and and there was no one on the beach anywhere. And uh, we're just sitting there on our boards and um, like there's pelicans going by, which like if you've ever been close to a pelican, I never realized like they are dinosaurs. Yeah. They are enormous fucking scary dinosaurs, <laughs> but they're majestic, you know, and uh, we saw a sea lion popped his little head up next Aww. to us and it was like, hey, buddy, you know, and and that's when I realized, like, it's not just the exhilarating feeling of catching a wave, although that is a huge part of it. That for me, the like therapy is just like paddling out into like this freezing cold ocean, <laughs> <laughs> but you're all nice and toasty in your wetsuit, and you just sit on your board and you just float there and look at the most beautiful scenery like yeah. you've got the cliffs you've got the water you've got dolphins you've got whales like i've i've been within 
20 feet of a pod of dolphins going by when like there's no one else or it's just you and a pod of dolphins <laughs> and are they just waiting to see if you're gonna catch a wave the, yeah because the they want to, they want in on it and they're like locals only bitch <laughs> and they knock you off <laughs> is this human gonna fall right. yeah i can see how that would be tremendously peaceful and i was gonna yeah. ask you about exactly what you you said about that kind of relationship between being one with nature versus conquering nature yeah right like wave is such like a literal it's a symbol and literally of something we can't control yeah it's coming so the idea to be like I don't know. It's not like you're subjugating it, right? Because right. you are like, the wave is going there anyway, and I'm going to try to hop a ride for a second. Yeah, like, the it's disgusting how uh, obvious the metaphors are. <laughs> but, but it's all true because you have to, when you paddle out, every time you paddle out, you make, you have to come to grips with the fact that you could die. Right. You know, and... Uh, through no fault of your own. Like, I, there's, I talked about sharks in, I think, our last show. Yeah, our last live, live one with, uh, with Trace Ballou, yeah. Yeah. Um, you know, there are great whites. And um, even if you're in a shark-free place, there are waves. And, like, even if you're on the shore, you could see a five-foot wave and be like, that's nothing. That's, you know, it's just a little wave. But when a five-foot wave is crashing on your head, It's it can be so powerful. Yeah. And, you know, there was a time when I was I was out there surfing. I was completely alone. And um, I mentioned I have back problems. I took a wave on the head, it knocked me off my board, and uh, I hit the seafloor um, and basically, like, folded in half. And... Uh, I really thought I had broken my back. Like yeah. I, I, I like I, I, it's like I felt it crack, you oh, know. Damn. And I, uh, there were more waves coming, and I couldn't get up to the, um, to get air. Um, I was you just in too much pain or the pressure. It was it was the pain, and like literally, I'm I had to take a minute to like wiggle my fingers and wiggle my toes. <laughs> and this is all underwater. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <Okay>. yeah. <laughs> and then there's other waves coming. You know, yeah. I, like I as if I I get up to the uh, to get a gulp of air, and another wave crashes on me and pushes me back down again, and I just have to like sit down there and like relax. And wait. Yeah. Because uh, if you panic, you die. Yeah. You know? And uh, and then I just sort of slowly made my way into shore using my surfboard. Because that is one of the nice things. You have a flotation device yeah. attached to your ankle. <laughs> um, so I just sort of clung to that and and timed the waves to just sort of like try to bring me into shore. It took forever. Yeah. <laughs> and then once I was on shore, I had to collapse and just lay on the beach you know waiting for my back to stop spasming (laughs) and then eventually i had to drag this big heavy board back to my car put it up on top of the car (laughs) and i i drove a mini cooper at the time a stick shift (laughs) oh no so like every time i press down the clutch (laughs) jerk the stick around yeah like it's like my back breaks again like it was pretty horrific um but I, I went back out. Was know? it a long time before you went back out? Did you have to like process well, that reality? It, physically, I had to wait. <laughs> like, like I had to wait for my back to heal before I could go back out. But yeah, once I did, I'm like, I mean, why not go back out? Yeah. I mean, shit happens. And, 
you know, now I know that that's one of the things that can happen. And I got through it. Yeah. You know, and now, like, the next time I got held down by a couple of waves, I was a lot more relaxed because I'm like, well, I know I can hold my breath for this long. Yeah. I know I'm close to shore, you know, and all I have to do is just... uh, wait <laughs> yeah i mean obviously it sounds really stressful to get hit in the head by a wave because a terrible back drama and then be stuck underwater but is the idea of letting go in that way relaxing yeah and you know it's yeah because it, i i a lot of a lot of my anxiety uh and depression comes from feelings of loss of control right over my own life over other people's actions, um, you know, over everything. And so a big part of surfing for me was learning to accept the things that I don't have control over and focus on the things that I do have control over. And that's been a really positive, healthy thing for me. Yeah. You know, and it's it's a self-esteem builder too. It's like, uh, you know, when I tell people – stories of things that happen like like that and like the time that I a shark came at me which was <laughs> I, I talked about on the last podcast uh you know it was terrifying yeah um and people when I tell those stories people are like holy shit I could never do that and I think well like you you probably could right you might not want to and that's fair <laughs> um but it, it is it's a little self-esteem boost because Absolutely. it's like I did that and I got through that and, you know, I'm a kook. I'm not a good surfer and I'll never be a good surfer. But I'm doing this really cool thing yeah. that other people think is cool <laughs> and that gives me like some really positive mental health benefits. Yeah, that sounds amazing. Yeah. Do you go alone on purpose? Is is it a solitary thing or is it ever a social thing? It is sometimes a social thing. I will take out any friend who wants to learn because okay. it's one of those things where some surfers get annoyed when whenever surfing sees an increase in popularity because get off my wave, you know. Okay. And I, I and it's not fun to surf at crowded peaks, you know, where you're like dodging other surfers and stuff. Yeah. That sucks. But it is like it's been so positive for me that I want to share it with everyone I know. Um and and so in that respect, it can be social. Um, I usually go alone, though, mostly just because, uh, you know, I work from home. I So, like, if the waves happen to be good on a Tuesday afternoon, I can go. Do you have, like, a Wave Watch app or something? Yeah, there, there are several different websites that um, monitor the swell, as okay. it's known. <laughs> I want to surf just for the terminology. The terminology is great. Yeah, the lingo is pretty good. And there's a lot of really fun science and math involved. Because um, you can look at, like, how tall <clears throat> the waves are, but that only tells part of the story. Um you also want to look at the frequency between waves, um, how many seconds pass Right, because you need to – I would imagine there's an ideal amount of time to get down from one wave and be ready for the next one. That's part of it, but also that uh, that swell period um, is going to impact how heavy the wave is. Oh, okay. Um, <clears throat> so, for instance, a two-foot wave with seven-second – frequency so the waves are coming uh pretty frequently yeah that's going to be a weak wave 
But when there's a longer period, when we've got 15 seconds in between those two foot waves, now that wave is going to have a lot more power behind it. Okay. And so even though it's a little two foot wave, it's going to really blast you in the face, <laughs> you know. <laughs> but also it's it can be better because now you've got more time to paddle out in between crashing waves. Yeah. You know, because paddling out can be really difficult depending on um, the, the where you're doing it and what the waves are like. Okay. Um, and, and, you know, so there are all these really fun things and, and, you know, different breaks, uh, have different geography, um, ocean floor geography, which, uh, changes how the waves crash, whether they're what's called closeouts, which are waves that, uh, if you look at one long wave, you can see it all come up and curl over and crash at the same time. You don't want that when you're surfing. You want a wave with a peak where it starts crashing here and then you see it just sort of roll down the oh, beach. Oh, okay. You know, because that's the one where you can catch it and then turn into okay, it yeah, and, and then, then ride it as it goes down the beach. So it's it. a longer, better ride. And whether or not a wave is a closeout or not depends on the wind, the uh, you know, the swell um, and the geography of the seabed floor and shifting sand beds and things like that. Yeah. So uh, that's one of the reasons why surfers have a locals only kind of thing. Like a big part of it is just gatekeeping and, right. and trying to keep down crowds. But locals do know their wave and it's important to know the wave for your own safety and for the safety of those around you. Yeah. You know, you, you, you'll you'll the more you know a place, the better you'll be able to look at a forecast and say, that's going to be a good day. That's going to be a dangerous day. Okay. So do you look at these forecasts and that determines yeah. when you go? You don't just go like Sunday, no matter what. Right. <laughs> yeah. Like, and that's that's a benefit of having a flexible schedule. Yeah. You know, there are people who do go like whenever they can, just because they can. Um, but yeah, I have the benefit of being able to say like, oh, the waves are too big today for me or, yeah. you know, it's too sloppy. It's too windy. Um, cause that's another thing is like, which way is the wind blowing and how, uh, powerful is it? Like, is it an onshore and an offshore wind? <laughs> like, it's really fascinating. There's like all of this science that yeah. goes into it. Heavy so, wind, yeah. sloppy swell, can't go. Right. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, there's a website called Magic Seaweed and there's Surfline and, uh, they'll, uh, look at the buoys to figure out like what the waves are going to yeah. look like at a particular time. That must help too also with managing a sense of control because on one hand you're saying I'm going to I'm deciding what I'm going to do with my time but I'm going to leave my time open enough that when nature decides it's awesome surfing time yeah that's when I go yeah instead of oh I got my Google notification right. <laughs> and I have to go to this meeting I pre-planned two weeks ago yeah like I, I tend to keep a the only regular part about my schedule is I stream every day okay. um, at 2pm and so I do try to um, look for days where when I can go in the mornings ish with while avoiding rush hour traffic <laughs> um, but then like the tide has to be right too and you know the tides change time of day yeah you know um so yeah, there's just like a million different things that kind of all go into it. But the more you do it, the more it becomes second nature. We can yeah. just sort of look at that and be like, okay, that's going to be a pretty good day. Let's okay, go. that's going to work. Yeah. How do you feel about surfing culture in general? I mean, uh, you, you've talked a lot about the real practical. Here's people who are actually surfing at this beach now. But I mean, in larger uh, culture, the whole sort of 
surfing movies of the 50s and 60s and specific music being associated with it. Do you have takes on that? I love all of it. Okay. I love it. I'm a sucker. <laughs> uh, we were at, um, I, I was at Pismo Beach for the first time uh, a few months ago and um, I didn't even go surfing, but I went to every surf shop and I talked to everybody there and like, they're all so nice Yeah. because I was, I was thinking like, oh, maybe we'll, we can uh, rent some boards and go. And I was like, I asked one guy and this, and you know, some, there are some towns that are really closed off and they hate outsiders. Um, but, and I'm like, I don't know if this is one of those. So I like tentatively, uh, asked one of the employees at one of the surf shops there and he just got so excited and just started talking about the swells that were coming up, uh, Asked, like, oh, do you have a car? If you have a car, what you want to do is you're going to want to go <laughs> half an hour south and there's this little nook. And it's like, what a cool thing yeah. for, like, a culture that can be known to be so aggressively, you know, get off my fucking wave. <laughs> Here's this guy that's just, I mean, it's it's stoke, you know? Yeah. Like, that's, that's the, you know, yet another good surf lingo. Like, he was just stoked to <laughs> share, like, you know, surfing with with someone that he immediately just just sort of accepted as part of his tribe. Right. You know, he doesn't know me. He doesn't know that I'm a kook, you know, <laughs> but um, just so nice. And so I love I love that. I love um, the I love the fashion. <laughs> I love surfing. I was going to ask about that. Do you have like is it uh, do people really individualize their boards not so much on the boards. Like I, I, I was actually a little disappointed when I got into it to find that most boards are very utilitarian. It's okay. just about the shape for the most part. Um, but like the surf fashion I'm talking about is the um, pop culture surf fashion. Okay, like <laughs> that's what I, I really, I really enjoy that. Like I have a plain black wetsuit and I have a pretty plain blue surfboard you know okay um that i got off craigslist like i didn't pick the color okay. or anything um and, and but yeah i like i like all of the things that surf leaked out onto you know i like the lingo i like the the fashion um but what, to, kind, of, what kind of fashion well i mean like you know billabong and rip curl okay. and like the the bikinis and the got it um I I just think it's cute. Yeah. <laughs> you know. You just actually like the fashion. <laughs> yeah. Um and then like when it comes to surfers themselves though, yeah, like I I think the culture overall is really great and I think it's pr- in a pretty healthy place because right now with, you know, global warming and pollution and shit like that, there are uh groups of surfers who have taken it upon themselves to keep our beaches clean and to promote environmentalism so there's like the surf rider uh, association they do beach cleanups where um you know they'll they'll put out uh, coffee and donuts and you meet up early in the morning you clean up the beach and then you all paddle out nice and yeah it's like um really great nonprofits that have been founded by surfers who um you know i and i think this is one of the things that one of the reasons why i want more people to take up surfing or at least just try it because i think getting into the ocean and feeling the ocean and like being a part of it just like sitting on that board seeing a whale you know (laughs) it i think it reminds people of how important our oceans are they're so important um you know every other breath you take is uh 
oxygen supplied by our oceans. Yeah. Literally 50% of all the oxygen we breathe is yeah. su- supplied by the oceans. And when you when the ocean is your playground, you take more of a vested interest in protecting it. Right, when you're physically engaging in it instead yeah. of just saying like that hotel will be more expensive because exactly. it looks at it and kind of looking at it as an object. Right. And you have you're you're in it. And it's the same reason why, yeah, I would love for people to take up hiking and, you know, anything that gets people out into nature. Um, It's also the reason why I am a fan of more public parks, more public green spaces, um, because it's possible to live in a city, even like this one, uh, Los Angeles, you could live in this city and never really notice the greenery and never even see the ocean you yeah. know like I mean, i'm a 15 minute walk from being lost in the woods in griffith park and <laughs> right. also in like one of the most industrialized parts of the world yeah, yeah. um and so i i'm a big fan of just encouraging people to um get in touch with that any way they can because yeah the more you do the more um y- you you become actively involved in like making the world a better place yeah so obviously, uh, you're extremely thoughtful about this. You are, you have been, and are an activist. <laughs> <laughs> have you ever made any specific different life choice because of what you have learned or experienced from surfing? Like applied those feelings or ideas to a job choice or money or relationships or anything? Hmm. Well, <laughs> I did. Uh, sort of in my last relationship. <laughs> Uh, and surfing made me realize why I should, um, because uh, I would go out surfing all of the time, and my boyfriend at the time refused to go with me. Okay, and uh, and I I eventually gave up like trying to convince him to get on a board, and just wanted him to just come sit on the beach with me. Yeah, <laughs> while I surfed. Um, and he just refused constantly. Um, you know, we were together for years and he just would never like, oh, it's too far to drive. It's like an hour. I'm like, yeah, through like beautiful <laughs> hills and mountains. Uh, and uh, my current boyfriend, uh, we were just friends and we had met and he's like, you surf? That's cool. Can you show me how? And I'm like, yeah, yeah. okay. <laughs> and we went out and um, I'm like, man, I it'd be nice to have a partner yeah. <laughs> who doesn't have to share everything. Like he doesn't like my boyfriend doesn't surf nearly as often as I do. Um, but he takes an active interest yeah. in it because like, I, I think it's clear in, in this, our least funny podcast together ever, uh, <laughs> <laughs> that this is something that I, I hold sincerely in my heart. Yeah. And, um, and I realized that you can't have a partner in your life who doesn't acknowledge what you hold sincerely in your heart and at least pretend to care. I've asked this people people this question a lot during the How Obsessed Are You section of would you break up with someone who didn't like this? And, yeah. And sometimes I ask it in a jokey way and sometimes I can tell it is time to <laughs> talk in a serious way about <laughs> yeah. that with someone. Um, and it is interesting how much people wrestle with is this just a thing I like, I think about a lot, but it's it's a movie? Or is this something that is core to my identity? Yeah. And it sounds like for you, surfing is, it's not just like, you didn't come to my show. This right. is like uh, your relationship to nature, your spirit of yeah. adventure. And if like, yeah. those things aren't. And I think recognizing that um, and recognizing that I needed a partner to 
uh, acknowledge those things has made me a better partner because, uh, you know, there are times when my boyfriend will talk about something that I could not give less of a <laughs> shit about, <laughs> but, <laughs> but I will engage. Yeah. And I'll try to find the thing that is interesting to me, you know, and right. that, and, and no matter what, I'll keep in mind, like, this is something that he loves and, you know, and so I, in in that that in that respect, that is a conscious decision I've made in this relationship based on surfing. You know, I hadn't thought about that. Of really, like, if there's a time that your partner is invested in something, like, it, it, just having that be good relationship advice to try to figure out why does my partner care about that because it's not yeah. shiny to me, but why is it shiny to them? And can exactly. I learn something about them? Yeah, and you know, there I read a study years ago. Um, a psychiatrist studied uh couples and followed them to see like who ends up breaking up and getting divorced and things like that and there there are several studies like this where someone claims to have identified one secret to a relationship divorce gene yeah yeah basically (laughs) but um and often i i read those and um i think they have a basis in fact it's just not this one magical thing so bear bear that in mind um but his one thing was, in fact, a partner displaying interest in something they have no interest in because their partner does. Wow. Um, And his example was, like, a couple standing by a window and the guy says, oh, look, a red-breasted thrush, (laughs) you know, because he's interested in birds. Yeah. And his wife goes, "Mm -hmm." (laughs) mm-hmm, and then changes the subject. That's a couple that's going to get a divorce. Okay. The couple that's going to stay together, the wife says, "Oh, interesting. How did you? Uh, is that a is that a rare bird? Yeah. Like, what what's so interesting about that? You need like, to mark that one down in a book. Yeah, yeah. Like, and it's something. It's so subtle, but it's the sort of thing that you can lapse into if you don't think about it. Um, so I do have to occasionally remind myself, like, show active interest in the things that my partner loves yeah you know like it's easy for me to do it (laughs) you know (laughs) but i'm also lazy so there you know there are times i'm just like "Uh uh-huh whatever uh (laughs) but then i try to stop myself and be like oh no that is really cool yeah (laughs) i can see why you would care about that (laughs) yeah one has to be careful to not come on yeah condescending yeah yeah. uh if if somebody came to you and said hey these surfing movies were so popular back in the day. We're gonna we're gonna get a new surf movie uh, kind of community going, new, a new uh, collection of surf movies, and they wanted to make one with you in it. Oh, if you were the star, it was called like Kooks. Kooks. Kooks the movie. <laughs> Kooks the movie. Would you be like, sure, I'll star in Kooks the movie? Yeah. Yeah. That'd be fun. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Because I'd, I'd probably at least get like a trainer or something out of it, you know, and I'd maybe improve a little bit because they're like, oh, you're way worse than we thought. We're, let's call in some help. <laughs> so, yeah, nice. free surf lessons. All right. Well, look for that yeah. coming soon. Yeah. <laughs> We're going to move on to our how obsessed are you questions. Uh, so do you think about surfing every day? I, you know what? I, I think I probably do. And in fact, I was um, before I drove down here, I was like, oh, the rain's going to stop on <laughs> Sunday. And that's the day we're driving down. So then by Tuesday morning, I could maybe go out uh, before the podcast with Joseph. 
Um, and then I started, I've never surfed in LA oh, before. Cool. Yeah. So I started looking up spots and um, there, so there are websites you can go to that um, talk about like the major spots. Like they, they won't have like the cool little secret spots, but you know, you can get an idea of what's happening. And all of them said at some point in the description, whether it was like, oh yeah, you know, it'll be good on big swell days, good in the winter, good when the wind's coming from this direction. Every single one of them at the bottom would say extremely polluted. <laughs> and others are like, well. if there's been a heavy rain, be prepared for respiratory illnesses. <laughs> like, yeah. And I was like, you know what? Two days isn't enough. Like, you're supposed to wait in general three days after a heavy rainstorm, um, especially in Southern California. Okay. Not as big of a deal uh, around San Francisco, I think, because of the colder weather and because of the way our sewage systems are set up. Down here, every time there's a heavy rain, all of your shit goes right into the ocean. <laughs> Seriously, like, like humans have really fucked up down here. Yeah, you know that uh, kind of rule of thumb that if there's a sign, there's a reason for it? Yeah. You know, I remarked so much when I moved here. The majority of just normal street drains have that sign of, remember, drains to the ocean. And then there's a picture of a dolphin like, right. this is who you're murdering with your, you threw your broken vape pen in here, right. you asshole. <laughs> This is what you're murdering. Yeah. And and that's what is uh, being swallowed by surfers every time they get hit by a wave. Morning. Broken vape pens. Yeah. So I'm like, I'm not going surfing and then not taking a shower and then going to Joseph's. <laughs> Thank I'll you die. for not coming here uh, covered in toxic human sludge. Yeah. It's, you're uh, welcome. <laughs> greatly things. appreciated. Yeah. When people walk into your home, can they tell you're obsessed with surfing? Uh Oh. Um. Only if they go out onto the balcony where I have <laughs> several surfboards and multiple. Yeah, because I have the Costco surfboard <laughs> that everybody should have. Okay. Like, if you live anywhere near the ocean, go to Costco during the summer, and for ninety nine dollars, you can buy the best beginner's surfboard on the planet okay and every time it breaks you can take it to costco and they'll give you a new one <laughs> wow like, so you are buying in bulk yeah their return policy is like amazing <laughs> and uh you can take that thing out into the ocean and have no idea what you're doing and still maybe manage to catch a wave okay <laughs> <laughs> it's so fun um so i have one of those and then when i got better i was like okay it's time for a grown-up surfboard <laughs> so i went on craigslist and i got that but honestly i usually just use the costco one okay <laughs> like, that thing catches waves like nobody's business. So yeah, my my balcony is covered in surfboards, and my wetsuit is usually like laying out drying, and there's booties everywhere, you know. <laughs> so, but you don't have like uh, posters or books, or you haven't brought it kind of into the living room part of your life. I have books, um, but I have a lot of books. So, you know, you might not notice. You'd have to work to pick it out. Yeah. And I did do some fun paintings that look like waves that I'm really pleased with. <laughs> and those are hanging up, but you wouldn't necessarily immediately go, oh, you're a surfer. Okay. So, okay. Yeah. Uh, would you buy and eat surfing-themed breakfast cereal? <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah, I would. Little, little surfboards or little sharks or something yeah yeah, <laughs> yeah. equal surfboards and sharks surfboards and sharks. an equal amount mm -hmm. so it is the kind of thing where you want to find ways to just kind of get it in every area of yeah. your life oh yeah i'm a, i am a, a sucker for um 
things that are targeted to my interests. Okay. Like those Facebook ads where it's like, never trust a surfer who's born in October <laughs> and lives in San Francisco. I'm like, yeah, that's for me. I'll take one of those, please. Thanks for that targeted ad. <laughs> my favorite targeted ad, I had been looking up some Star Wars action figures for a podcast I was doing, and then for several days... They were showing me the uh, Bakta Tank Luke Skywalker action figure. So uh, for people who don't immediately remember, it's when he's wounded at the beginning of Empire Strikes Back and he has put in the vat of healing fluids. So the action figure is, there's nothing to identify him as Luke Skywalker. It is the actor Mark Hamill in a diaper. (laughs) So every time I logged into Facebook, they were like, I bet you like this. Mark Hamill in a diaper. <laughs> Say you like this. <laughs> Say you like it. Say you like it. Like, Literally click that heart. <laughs> I, I do own two of that action figure. So they were right. Uh, wasting their time, too. Uh, but yeah, I'll, I'll buy things with, just because it's like surfing related. Okay. Uh, yeah. Mostly it's clothing, but uh, yeah, like um, tree ornaments or <laughs> okay. yeah, like, oh, it's got a surfboard. Okay. <laughs> Would you cosplay at San Diego Comic-Con as a surfer? Absolutely. Um, I, I considered doing it for Halloween. Um, I thought it'd be funny because I bought a shark costume for my dog. <laughs> and if you look on my Instagram, I actually did manage to get a photo of us together. Um, I took him to the beach a few weeks ago and I went surfing and my friend was there to watch indie. So I was like, this is my chance. And at the at the end of our day, I was like, I, I just pulled out this shark costume out of the bag. And I was like, do you mind if I put this on Indy and stand here and you take a photo of us? And my friend's like, God, you're wrong in the head. Uh, but yeah, I was going to just like walk around town with my surfboard and my wetsuit and then Indy dressed as a shark. Um, but then I'm like, that sounds very yeasty, <laughs> you know, and like my surfboard's heavy and it would get banged up and okay. I probably. So you've made the yeasty reference a couple of times. <laughs> Do you like have a ticking clock? You got to get out of the wetsuit or you start to uh, I mean, just grow science it. experiments? Just picture it. It's okay. just, you know, you got your like four millimeter thick neoprene <laughs> right up against the old, uh, <laughs> the old uh, playground of sin. And it's, <laughs> it's, yeah, it's not something you want to be like sweating in, you know? Yeah. Yeah. without like being in the water got so, it yeah got it i, I have been cautioned <laughs> yeah on hygiene uh <laughs> would you watch a tv show called celebrity surfing deathmatch 100 percent, 100 percent. i want to be a writer on it like i don't know what it involves please hire me for the writing room i think it's like uh dancing with stars but but people could die yeah and they're on surfboards yeah okay yeah yeah all mm-hmm. right good if you were trapped in an elevator with uh three other people how long would it take for surfing to come up in conversation? Um, I don't think I'm that obnoxious. <laughs> um, it depends. Am I in a wetsuit? <laughs> <laughs> nope, you are not uh, uh, yeasty. Okay, yeah. Um, it I would it would probably take a good hour or okay. so. Okay, so it's not a go-to thing for you to talk to. Oh, actually, strangers. no. I know exactly how it would come up, and it would come up very quickly. Okay. Um, because I, um, I'm a shy peer. So if I, (laughs) I, um, like everyone pees in their wetsuit, like it, uh, you're in the ocean and it warms you up. Yeah. Um, and you know, nobody wants to like get out to pee. Um, Okay. Are wetsuits built for this? Uh, it doesn't like they're built to be wet. (laughs) So it's like, (laughs) but isn't that bad for you? To be swimming in your own urine? No, because you're in the ocean. Eventually, okay. like, 
it flushes out, you okay. know? Okay. Well, I, I didn't know how tight a seal it was. <laughs> no, not at all. No, you were wet in a wetsuit. Okay. Uh, a dry suit, you would stay dry underneath. But a okay. wetsuit is, is made wet. for water to go in and out. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So the urine just, breathes. Yeah. It, it, it traps water against your body, which warms up the water and makes you warm. Got it. So... Um, so yeah, peeing in your wetsuit can, if, you know, you don't have to wait for it to warm up. Now you're warm. (laughs) (laughs) However, I am physically unable to pee in my wetsuit. Okay. Even if there is no one else in the ocean, like I cannot, there's some weird mental block I have. I can't pee. Are you afraid like a dolphin will pop up and judge you? It's... (laughs) I don't know. I don't know. It's a weird psychological thing I have. And so my bladder would explode um, before I, like, peed myself. Uh, Okay. So stuck on an elevator, if I have to pee, like, there's no, like, there might be a pee corner other people are using, but But I just can't do it. And they'll be like, come on, you can do it. And I'll be like, no, as an example, I can't even pee in the open ocean (laughs) when I'm surfing. So surfing will come up. When you explain to them why you're going to die of some sort of bladder infection. Exactly. Because you will not urinate in the elevator. Correct. That's great. Mm -hmm. Is this a typical part of surfing culture where people will be like, hey, uh, are you a shy peer? (laughs) No, because it's so atypical. Other surfers do not believe me when I say I've never peed in my wetsuit. Right. Uh, They refuse to believe it. Like everyone does. Imagine if you're out there for hours, even if you don't want to, sometimes you get hit by a wave and it's just going to happen. Nope. Nope. I clam up. <laughs> Poor choice of words, probably. But. Right. If a political candidate announced they were a fan of surfing, would you be more likely to vote for them? Imagining that you already like, eh, I'm, I'm considering this person. 100%. Uh, the other day I learned that one of the wide receivers on the 49ers is a surfer, and I was immediately wow. like, I'm drafting him next year in fantasy. <laughs> <laughs> like... I think that in general, surfers are just maybe better people. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, it sounds like from a lot of what you're saying, like some of the stereotypes that have been attached to surfers, you recognize like the the good qualities that any of those stereotypes come from of being a little bit more relaxed. Yeah, 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 more relaxed. Uh, I, you know, there there are some negative stereotypes that are. that definitely apply to some surfers, you know, like being territorial, yeah, you know. I mean, that's true of just about Being anything. an actual Nazi, like they're surf Nazis. Um, <laughs> uh, but yeah, like uh, I think in general, you know, I've I've had very few negative experiences with other surfers. Okay. And, and that's surfing in Australia, San Francisco, San Diego, Santa Barbara, Hawaii, like everywhere I've been, like everybody's been real cool. 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 If a friend complained about surfing constantly on social media, would you mute them? I'd block them. (laughs) (laughs) I thought you'd come across strong on that question. Cut them out of my life. (laughs) Completely. Yeah, because you just, like, even if you enjoyed the rest of their feed, but, like, two times a day just complaining about surfing, you just don't have time for that negativity, I don't need that kind of negativity in my life, Joseph. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's a a solid answer. Most Mm -hmm. people are like, I'd find a way to understand. Nope. Not Rebecca. Fuck off and die. (laughs) (laughs) If you could send that message with the block button. (laughs) Mm Mm-hmm. 
If the only way you could surf again was to steal a board from Walmart, would you do it? 100%. I, let's go steal a board now just for fun. <laughs> Fuck Walmart. <laughs> Fuck them. Do you know I have a theory. <laughs> Fuck Walmart. Costco. <laughs> right. Costco. I'd steal that too. Uh, do you know I've, I, I've, uh, um, I have this thought. Are we all right on time? Yeah. I, okay. Um, I, I sometimes go to like a Petco uh, to pick up stuff for my dog and they have betta fish uh, in tiny little cups for sale. And it is uh, morally repugnant to keep a betta fish in a cup that small. Like okay. they physically can survive. But it's misery. You could survive in a tiny cage. But, <laughs> I, I you know, could. hopefully aliens aren't out there being like, look, it, yeah. it can fit in this tiny cage in my corner. It won't even pee. Yeah. <laughs> it's amazing. <laughs> its bladder just exploded. <laughs> uh, so um, it's morally repugnant, and it's especially repugnant that these are the people that are responsible for selling these fish to other people and educating them on how to take care of this fish. Yeah. They sell them with, like, these tiny little bowls that they're going to be miserable in and, and probably die in. So I'm like, is it – I think it might be the moral thing to steal those betta fish. <laughs> like, that – like, morally speaking, yeah. I think that's the right thing to do. Be freeing them. Yeah. From tyranny. Yeah, I, I'm just going to steal them and just chuck them into the bay. <laughs> <laughs> Time to go surfing. Go, go free, little fish. <laughs> it's a good swell today, little fishes. If aliens were visiting Earth and you were the human assigned to greet them, would you take them surfing to explain humanity? Yes. <laughs> That's a brilliant idea, and I hope I would think of it. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, because yeah, like it's the best of everything. Yeah, here's Earth. Look how beautiful it is, and look at this dumb fucking sport we came up with. <laughs> like somebody dragged a plank into the ocean and yeah. was like, "Watch this, guys." Yeah, and then somebody monetized it. <laughs> yeah. Do you know? Uh, like a month or two ago, someone posted on Twitter they had this um book from the 1600s on witch hunting, and uh, this winch witch hunter describes a witch. Of this particular era, um, area, who was famous for uh, riding a board on top of the ocean as though she could not sink. Wow. And there's like an illustration of this fucking badass surfing witch. <laughs> and I'm like, holy shit. What? Like, goals. Okay. Like, I think this has got to be part of your movie. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Absolutely. <laughs> I'm a surf witch. Surf witch. <laughs> Can we just call it that? Surf absolutely. witch. Let's change it. I think that's, God, that's probably it. better than the other time. I'm going to write that treatment up. That's the thing that yeah. people do in LA, right? Yeah, like, write a treatment for surf witch. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. We'll pass it around. Tell me later, like off air, what a treatment is and we'll. <laughs> <laughs> okay, sounds good. Right, cool. <laughs> uh, this is the final How Obsessed Are You question. Okay. You go to the beach to surf. Uh, there's like a fencing area, but uh, in the entrance of the fence, there's a bear blocking your way do you try to get around the bear mm -hmm, mm -hmm. yeah mm -hmm. <laughs> yeah because you know i'm getting around the bear to jump in with another apex predator <laughs> like, excuse me bear i yeah. had a meeting with a shark right <laughs> <laughs> yeah bears nothing it's so fine when when you go when when uh, the surfing app uh, says it's gonna be perfect swells mm -hmm. yeah you're doing it you're doing it <laughs> I'm, I'm only remembering swell <laughs> Uh, they're not sloppy at all. Right. Uh, they're very tidy swells. No. Nope. Okay. No. Never okay. say that. <laughs> <laughs> Come on. Tidy, tidy swells. swells. That's a great indie band. Anyway, mm -hmm. uh, you, you're so intent on going. 
is it the kind of thing where you are like then absolutely determined to keep going? Yeah, I mean, like uh, <laughs> it's it's not easy to get out there because I live on the bay where there's no waves. Yeah, <laughs> I have to drive an hour to an hour and a half in traffic to get there, and like it's a whole thing. Right. <laughs> so yeah, if if my if I've made up my mind to do it, I'm gonna do it. Like, yeah. No matter what. Yeah. Nice. Take that, bear. <laughs> yeah. Fuck Move aside, bear. bear. I drove an hour and a half through <laughs> Bay Area traffic <laughs> to get here and swim in that bacteria infested, <laughs> shark infested, freezing fucking cold water. <laughs> and I'm not gonna pee. Exactly. I'm the surf witch. Uh, uh, and <laughs> although I have never peed in my wetsuit, I should mention that my cat did once pee in your wetsuit. Yes, my cat <laughs> uh, years ago. Um, he had a habit of peeing on like uh, dirty laundry, like piles of laundry left out. So I, I got pretty good at not leaving <laughs> dirty laundry anywhere. You know, I had a lid for my hamper and stuff. But one day I was getting ready. I threw my wetsuit in what's called the surf bucket. It's it's like a like a big Rubbermaid thing, okay. you know, where you put everything. And uh, but I left the lid off the bucket for a minute while like I wandered off and you know gathered some more stuff. And I come back, I throw everything in the bucket, put the lid on, throw it in the car, oh, no. and I drive an hour and a half <laughs> through Bay Area traffic. And I get there, and I open up the lid in the trunk of the car, and I am hit with the smell of ammonia-filled cat piss. Oh, my God. And I literally screamed. <laughs> like, I'm standing in this dirt parking lot. And you, like, no immediately knew what had happened. Yeah. Yeah, you... I screamed. So how did, did you, were you able to surf that day? Did you? That is actually the one day where I was like, that's a bridge too far. I put it back in and I turned around and I drove an hour and a half back. <laughs> I ask everyone to make a noise to sum up their obsession. What kind of noise do you have for surfing? Um, I think I would go with. <sighs> <laughs> with a little surf hands out yeah, and everything. Yeah. <laughs> nice, nice. Uh, I ask everyone to give a rating to their obsession. So mm -hmm. on a scale of 1 to 10, 1 being the lowest, 10 being the highest, where would you put yourself? I think I would put me around a, a 7. Okay. 7 or an 8. Is that because you, as we discussed at the top of the podcast, have lots of other things in your life as well? Yeah, I think it's that. And also, um, if I were more obsessed, I would be out there more often. Like, I'll sometimes go, like, months without actually getting out okay. because of the logistics of it. Right. Um, or I'm traveling and stuff like that. But... Like, if I had really wanted to, I, I could have gone. You know, like, yeah. I could go every day if I wanted, but I don't. Um, so, yeah, I'd, I'd put it at a 7 or an 8. Okay, cool, cool. We have reached the plugging section of the podcast. Oh, fun. So you, can you tell people where to find you on social media that you want to be found on? Uh, and anything else you <laughs> well, want to Well, my plug? private Snapchat is. <laughs> I don't know how Snapchat works. Um, I am on Twitter at Rebecca Watson. My website is skeptic, S-K-E-P-C-H-I-C-K dot org. And um, you can follow my dog on Instagram, Indiana Watson. <laughs> uh, and your videos. Oh, right. Uh, <laughs> Patreon.com slash Rebecca. 
Thank you for reminding me of the way I make money. <laughs> You're welcome. <laughs> I try. Uh, you said you stream every day at two. What do oh, you yeah. stream every day at two? Uh, yeah, video games. Uh, Just random ones? Uh, uh, usually Overwatch. Okay. Um, the first person shooter I mentioned that, that I'm Twitch? not good at. Yeah, that's twitch.tv slash Rebecca Versus. Are you, is that just for fun or are you monetized? Yeah, well, it's both. Um, <clears throat> I started doing it because I was taking breaks in the middle of the day to relax and play video <laughs> games anyway. And my, my ex actually suggested, he's like, why don't you just stream it and then you can make money off yeah. of that. So I did, and I don't make a lot, you know, I don't have a huge popular channel yeah. because again i'm not very good and i don't do the things you're supposed to do as a streamer right like i don't stream for eight hours at a time i don't good stream Lord. like whatever the most popular thing is i like and i have some people on my channel like regulars who are like can, can you please play anything other than overwatch <laughs> and i'm like nope <laughs> no, that's what i want to play nope, today i want to play it <laughs> it's i am not a professional streamer go talk to one of them <laughs> like, i'm just here to kill teenage boys in this terrible game <laughs> so, I, I think that's a good plug yeah. a good plug here's some uh, quick plugs for this show and then we'll do our final questions you can follow me on twitter and instagram is at joseph scrimshaw you can follow obsessed podcast on twitter and facebook is at obsessed podcast you can also check out the Star Wars podcast I co-host that is called Four Center. Info on all my upcoming shows and comedy albums and stuff, you can check out my website at josephscrimshaw.com and you can support Obsessed by backing us on Patreon. Full info on that, go to patreon.com slash josephscrimshaw. All right, here are final questions. Okay. If you could shoot one of the two of the, or one of these two things out of your hand, which would you choose? Acid or jazz music? Acid. Okay. Because jazz music it would be so cruel that <laughs> i wouldn't be able to live with myself <laughs> so how how would you use the acid if that were a gift oh i would uh track down men on twitter <laughs> that respond to women by explaining the jokes the women made and i would spray the acid in their eyes <laughs> Okay. Asked and answered, as our friends say on We Got This podcast. Uh, if there was going to be a picture of you on a stamp, what would you want to be doing on the stamp? Uh, definitely. Um... Uh, I think the listeners may be able to hear that, so I'm going to acknowledge that uh, oh, okay. there's a drill going off. And if not, just know that's our mental headspace yeah, as Rebecca answers this question. a little distracting. <laughs> I guess it would be me drilling something <laughs> into a wall. I don't know. That's why that's on our <laughs> For some mind reason. Right I don't know. Is don't sudden know. bathroom work in the apartment? Yeah, I don't know. I think I would. Maybe I'm just thinking this because of the topic for today, but... A really cool picture of me surfing would be amazing. Yeah, because I don't have any cool pictures of me surfing because, again, my ex refused to come to the beach with me <laughs> and take photos of me. Um, so yeah, like a really cool picture of me surfing. That would be a cool series of like uh, people who are not competing at an athletic level or want to. Yeah, here's a series of stamps of regular human beings right. doing things, doing things, surfing, shopping, robbing Walmart. <laughs> <laughs> People who don't compete at a professional level. Walking out of a Petco with a bunch of beta fish tucked into their pants. <laughs> on a stamp. Yeah. Uh, the final question for everyone on the podcast is what is happiness? Oh, I mean, I think I've done a pretty good job of describing it. Yeah. Uh, although, you know, I, it's kind of cheating because I'm pretty sure that was my answer in the last show where I talked about sharks, like, yeah. was, which was really just an excuse to talk about the ocean <laughs> and how happy the ocean makes me. Yeah. Um, so I'm probably plagiarizing myself. But for me, happiness is 
uh yes sitting on a surfboard in the great wide ocean completely alone (laughs) with no humans anywhere (laughs) that is a great honest answer and also you totally suckered me i thought wow this is going to be entirely pleasant with no little knife twist (laughs) i i hate people (laughs) (laughs) well thank you for spending time with me a person even though you you hate us all you're you know you're you're top of the pile (laughs) thank you (laughs) putting that on my bio top of the top of the pile Mm -hmm. rebecca watson thank you so much (laughs) thank you joseph that is our podcast you've been listening to obsessed joseph scrimshaw and his guest shared some stories with the rest rate five stars if you're impressed uh getting barreled that's when um when the wave is like usually a bigger wave and it curls over and it gives you time to like get inside that barrel, you know, that's, that's getting barreled. I have never gotten barreled before (laughs) because I don't surf waves over my head. (laughs) So it's kind of tricky. Um, uh, Getting shacked. (laughs) I might've made that one up. It's when you just get brutalized by a wave. (laughs) 